Hello, this is Lisa Meister. Welcome to the podcast. I'm a survivor of satanic ritual abuse. And today we're going to talk about Mother's Day and satanic ritual abuse. This is a really rough holiday for survivors. It's very bad for the moms of survivors. And I thought it would be really good to talk about it. Let's start with my mom. I grew up in SRA and in a cult family, and my mom did not protect me. Even from any kind of verbal abuse that went on in the house, any kind of emotional abuse, psychological craziness, manipulation, she didn't ever stand up for me, protect me. Uh, She even walked into the room once in the middle of the night when my father was on top of me, sexually abusing me, And he told her to get out, and she clenched her fist and turned and walked out of the room. That's the kind of mom, I mean, SRA moms, that's what they do. They turn their eyes. Why she even walked in that room in the first place, I can't account for. It's crazy. And his feelings were always way important than mine. So if I was crying about whatever it was that was going on, and a lot of times I was crying, and I didn't know why I was crying, but it was always about him and I was always told, don't tell him he's hurt your feelings because that would hurt his feelings. That's too hard for him. So his feelings were always of utmost importance in our house, never anybody else's. She was like a non-person. She just, it was, it was like a shell almost. She just wasn't there. And uh, eventually I became a mom on my own. And she would say things like, I would tell my daughter, you know, oh, that's a beautiful picture. You did a great job. And she said, oh, you never give a child a compliment. It gives them a big head. And it's like, wow, that really worked because I don't ever remember getting a compliment from her ever in my entire life. And my husband says that when he met me, my self-esteem was a little bit higher than a street person. And that's, it's true. It's really the way it was. I mean, it was just, you know, that constant being demeaned and put down and being nobody and told to be quiet. And she, you know, looking back later, I realized that she was my handler, that she was the one when the repression was breaking down, I was dealing with what happened to me. At the beginning, it was just sexual abuse. And I talked to her on the phone and I said, you know, she said, what's going on? She knew I was going through something. I said, well, you know, I'm dealing with some stuff I hadn't dealt with before with dad. She said, it never happened. And so I was reading a book at that same time about sexual abuse, families and systems. And I realized that everything I knew about repression, I had learned from her. I mean, it was this huge epiphany for me, just shocking. So she was trying to push me back into repression with everything she knew and, and threatening us also, uh, you don't want your kids to be taken away from you. So that's going back to cult programming, the fear of if you tell, you'll lose your family, you lose your kids, you'll lose whatever. So you go into counseling and I never talked about my mom in counseling because it was always SRA coming at me. The, the flashbacks, dealing with things, falling apart, dealing with 
my dad and, and who he was and what he did, there was never time to talk about her. And so I've never had that. There, and so it's just kind of looking back over the years and trying to figure it out. Very difficult. You know, there, there's so many layers of realizing my mom wasn't there for me. My mom didn't care about me. So when my husband and I finally went to talk to my parents, at first it was sexual abuse. I remember what you did. And even then she was trying to shut me up and you know, she get people away from me and stuff. And, and she just didn't care. She, you know, just was just for him. It was all about letting him continue in what he did. And, and so they cut off all communication with us. So they started that, which I'm fine with. I mean, that was really the best anyway, but I realized I never missed her. I never missed my mom. It's like, I miss the office of mom. She was never somebody I could call and say, I'm having a problem or I need this. Or I, you know, if like I had a miscarriage and she was like, don't tell anybody. You just, you know, just don't tell anybody. It's like, well, why? You know, or, you know, whatever things is like, well, you just don't say anything to anybody. They're fine. You don't, you know, you never talk about feelings. You never be real. Like she said to me once that Jackie Kennedy was her favorite person because you never knew what she was thinking. And it was like, wow, that really explains your whole life. She was like, people thought she was a saint because she was silent. And so, you know, as, as a, a mom, like my first, I, I know I'm kind of all over the place and in that I want you to see that because as a survivor, your mind is all over the place. I cannot have just like a normal conversation with you about my mom because there's just too many juts in my mind that goes here and there and everywhere. So the first Mother's Day that I went, my husband and I and baby went there nothing was ever said that I was a mom. So we were from out of town. So we stayed at their house overnight. I got up and fixed breakfast. After church, we came back. I fixed lunch because it was Mother's Day and, you know, she was a mom. And, you know, like, so I was, I had a new, you know, a baby. I'm up all night trying to take care of her, doing all these things. And then it was all about her being a mom. And you can't possibly go out to dinner on Mother's Day because, I mean, that's money, right? So, I mean, it, it's just there's there's a lot of ins insanity there. And looking back at it, it's like, wow, it, you know, it it was rough. It and so like, I don't miss her. I don't miss her as a person. I don't know her as a person. And I do, you know, it, it would be nice to have had a mom. I, the way I look at it is I didn't have, I didn't have her. So survivors deal with moms and it, and it reflects on their life. So some survivors are really afraid to become moms themselves. They're so afraid of just jumping into what was done to them that they just can't even begin to trust themselves to have a baby which is terrifying, and I understand that. Um, survivors 
have trouble becoming pregnant or maybe carrying a baby to term because of damage. So like all my babies were early. My first baby was four weeks early. They didn't know why. The second one was five weeks early. They didn't know why. My third one, I went into labor the 22 weeks. They thought we were going to lose her then. And the third or the fourth one was 19 weeks. My body just had so much trouble carrying babies and the doctors could never figure it out, you know, but it's because there's, there's damage that's done and the body's panic in pregnancies for SRA survivors. And then there's also around Mother's Day moms of kids who are disclosing SRA to them. And I'm, I'm being contacted by them, interviewed Samantha Baldwin a week or two ago. She was on the podcast. I got some more. Hopefully it'll be coming on. So they've had children who've disclosed SRA to them. And they went to the police and they went to the courts to try to get you know, the, getting divorces and to get custody, you know, so the kids don't go to the perp fathers. And in the courts turn things around on the moms and give full custody, like full custody to the dads. One mom was telling me she even has to pay child support to the father. And, and this is insanity and this is a real problem. So these moms are coming on this weekend. Some of them get to see their children this weekend. And I talked to a couple moms very depressed. You know, I got to be happy when I see them. How am I going to be up and give them a good time when I know what they're going back to? You know, they've been told I don't love them, all these sort of things, because the cults are going to try to twist the minds of the kids against the moms. And then the moms, the powerlessness to stop your child from being a living sacrifice, I, I just can't imagine. And then they're afraid to speak out because they're afraid the courts are going to get even more turned against them. And it, it keeps... This also keeps the moms from connecting with each other. If they're not talking about what's going on in their court, in, and in their case, then the other moms don't know because they're not connecting with each other. And so we're just now, because of these podcasts, because people are starting to speak out for SRA survivors, because of um, Samantha Baldwin and being so out about her kids being taken away from her, we're starting to connect them. And, you know, it's the only way to save their kids is if we can get people to accept the existence of SRA so that we can start putting some pressure on the police and on the courts to turn these situations around and get the kids away from these cults. So we got a lot of things going on for SRA moms, bad moms themselves, you know, the trying to be a mom, trying to be a good mom. We've got moms that have kids that are trying to heal from SRA or going through SRA you know, however you look at it, it's very difficult. So here's some of my Mother's Day thoughts. Psalm 2710 from the Amplified Bible says, Although my father and my mother have abandoned me, yet the Lord will take me up. I found this verse in college, and this was 10 years before the SRA came out in this sexual abuse. But I knew that this was for me. I put it on a card. I put it on my wall. I lived it and breathed it. Because to me, 
God is both for me. God is my mother and he's my father and he's the perfect parent. I've never felt specifically the loss of a father because my dad never was a father to me. He was just nasty. So I've gone to God. I got saved at seven. So I've always been able to look at God as that perfect parent. A pastor that married my husband and I had this analogy. He was a motorbike racer. And he said that when you're going around on this dirt track and you see a wreck, as you're riding your bike, if you're looking at that wreck and saying, that's not what, I don't want to hit that, I don't want to hit that, he said, you'll drive right into it. So what you have to do is look at where you want to go, focus there, and that's what you go after. And this is a brilliant analogy because that's how I patterned my momming skills. I patterned it off the Bible. So if God is my perfect parent, I learn from his characteristics and who I know him to be. And there's all these verses in the Bible, how to love, how to be in relationship, you know, not to, you know, to actually connect with my kids, to talk to them, spend time with them, forgiveness, to be their helper that hopefully I'll be the one they run to when they need something, to be an encourager for them. I tell them all the time, I am your biggest cheerleader. You're doing a great job. This is excellent. I love this. So because of that, I was able to love on my kids. I was able to compliment them, educate them. I homeschooled all four all the way from kindergarten through high school. And I spent time with them. I'm, I'm not a perfect mom by any means. I don't want anybody to think that, you know, but they knew that they were loved and supported. They knew that then, and they know that now. And, and really what, what better thing can we do for our kids? I specifically looked at the things my parents did that I disagreed with as I was a new mom. This is before uh, sexual abuse and SRA came out looking specifically at what I didn't like and making sure I did it different. I was going to compliment my kids. I was going to give them love and attention, and I was going to listen to them. My kids are all people who will tell you what they think. You know, they're not going to be cruel about it, but they don't back down. And I cannot tell you how proud I am of that. They don't back down. I never had a voice. My kids use their voice. And I think that as a parent, being a survivor, that's one of the biggest pieces that brings healing to me as I gave my kids a voice. Survivors, you will heal. You can be a good mom or dad. And you have a perfect heavenly father who sees you as the apple of his eye. Psalm 17.8 in the Amplified says, Keep me in your affectionate care. Protect me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the protection of your wings. So yeah, I was in SRA, so you're like, wait, how did he protect you? He got me through it, and he got me to the other side. And he sees me as the apple of his eye. How cool is that? I certainly wasn't the apple of my dad's eye. I should have been. I wasn't but I am of God. And I just, that makes me so happy. It just makes me so happy. And I want to talk to moms of survivors. God has rescued many of us SRA survivors who had no one on our side. Absolutely nobody. Your child has you. 
even if the courts are not helping you and you can't protect them, they either do or will know that you truly love them, that you fought for them. And they will have an advocate and a helper when their time to heal comes, and it will come. Evil is seasonal, even if the season is long. I want to say that again. Even, evil is seasonal, even if that season is long. It will not last forever. You are the Mother's Day gift to your children. I know you're tired and I know you feel alone, but keep fighting. You can do it. Keep fighting. Everyone listening today, I'm asking for some prayers. Please pray for the moms walking through this nightmare, for court to the rulings to have reversals, to get these kids out of these cults and get them safe and get them healed, to be able to get SRA out there and let's educate the public. You know, let's just pray for God to open doors for the public to be educated. Pray for very public and irrefutable proof of SRA to come out. Pray for survivors to heal. And pray for the children who are being abused today. As a parting Mother's Day gift for all of my listeners, and my husband is a professor of economics, but he is a brilliant guitarist. And he has put together his own version of Edelweiss, and I would like to play it for you today. So it's about a minute, 53 seconds. It's very beautiful. So that's how we're going to end today. Thank you so much, and happy Mother's Day from a survivor looking out into the public, knowing that we can do better than what's done with us.